Welcome to Word of God Church presents Gratitude Unfiltered. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Been a long time. Uh, we are live right now from Word of God Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We are broadcasting live on the Live Mono Worldwide Network. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here, online audience, no matter what platform you're watching from. Thank you for being here. Um, I, uh, <laughs> wow. <sighs> I am so grateful to be here, um, to see you guys, ladies, my sister's keeper, my brother's keeper, be here at Word of God Church. Um, it's, been, it's been an amazing year, and the reason why I'm saying it's been an amazing year is because literally yesterday, a year ago, um, I got, came back to Oklahoma City from living in California and came here with a lot of fear a lot of uncertainty, not knowing what the heck was going on, and, and to look back and to be, to be a year and a day, and to really think back at what God has done in my life um, is truly, truly humbling. And uh, so much of it has to do with this ministry here, Word of God Church in Oklahoma City. Um, I, uh, golly, man, I, I, it's so, it, and it's so strange to be grateful in a time where the world is in chaos and everything's crazy and there's uncertainty everywhere and there's food shortages and there's hate and divisiveness and here it is on the 4th of July, Independence Day, where a lot of us feel like, well, look, look at you, you'll get a mask on. Like, how do you feel about that, really? Like, I want to tell you to take them off. It's driving me. But I don't know if you can, so don't. I mean, don't listen to me. But, like, I'm, I'm, this is Independence Day, the day that we celebrate our freedom, the day that we celebrate family and we celebrate. And so, like, I'm, and I'm sitting here going, what do you talk about? Like, I, 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 it's been a while since I've been here. It's been about almost, I think, three months almost. And, and like, what do I talk about today? It's Independence Day. Do we talk about freedoms? And then when you talk about freedoms, it feels like they're all being taken away. And then I think about, and I want to complain, and I want to think about the stuff that's on the news and all of that pollution and all of that craziness that's going on that's confusing me. And every time I look at it, I'm thinking, this is not good. This is the end. This doesn't feel right. Everyone hates each other. We're divided. We're all separated in our seats. Is it everything possible to keep us from having any peace or connect, connection, all the things that our hearts desire, all of that, and yet I sit here and I almost want to feel guilty for saying it, but God is so good. He's so good. Because when I quit focusing on all of the stuff that I guess the world is telling me to focus on, whose life matters more than the other. We've had this injustice, that injustice, and you know, like you have uh, in, the, in America, where politically we're as confused as ever. The world's in chaos. And yet, I'm so happy and full of joy. Like, does anyone else can honestly, I mean, just be, on, be real. 
Like, can you honestly say that you have joy right now? Like, you're happy. Why is that? Why? Someone, talk. Take off your mask and talk. Say something. Thank you. Free. Free. You're free, right? Free. Free. So freedom. So the world wants to take away our freedom, but in Christ, that can't happen, right? And it's funny, because even with all of the craziness going on, the best part of this year started for me when all the craziness happened. And why did that happen? It happened because I got it in my thick skull that God had a purpose for my life, and I bought into it. I started believing it, and I started knowing it. And when I focused on that, I started to understand that it didn't, none of this stuff really, really mattered. It didn't matter what the world said about me. It didn't matter about what the news was saying about my beliefs. Like, I just started focusing on what God said about me, and there was a shift. But every single time I start to pay attention to the programming on TV and things like that, that's when my things get a little bit scary and uncertain and unsure. So I don't have a real point to that other than to say that wherever you're at, emotionally, spiritually, or even physically in your location, I, and I, I, I want to really just address this to the my brother's keeper and my sister's keeper because I'm sure that you feel that a lot of your freedoms have been taken away just from where you're at and where you live. Is that correct? Like, you want to be home, right? Like, I'm sure there's some days that you resent being here, right? All the work that you have to do. I'm sure some of it you, you, you resent. Okay, I don't blame you. And I think about this, you have a year program, right? Still a year? They haven't upgraded it to two years? <laughs> Some of you I know started over. But a year. And I've seen a lot of people in this year that have come and, come and gone. Some people have come back a few times and quit. Some of you have graduated that are no, not here right now. And, and so I wanted to talk to you about this year. In no way in anything am I going to say is, is about me, so please bear with me when I talk about this. Right before I came here, um, I was in Los Angeles. I'd married a woman I didn't know that got me away from a, a different woman that I had, should not have been with. Of a five-year, very toxic, abusive, relationship that I was addicted. You guys know the dope sick feeling. That's how I was with that relationship. Um, I married somebody I didn't know. We ended up going on a little journey, but then ended up in LA. And after that didn't work out after a month or something like that, <laughs> um, I got really, really clear about what God wanted me to do. And it was the very first time in my life that 
I started to really pay attention because everything in my life up to that point had, or not every, everything to that point, but it would have been me trying to do it my way. Me going, well, I know better. I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. And then I would do it. Even, even in my early walk with Christ, it was, all, it was still about me and trying to muscle my way through. Do you, do you understand what, you know what I mean? Like when you're going on your own grit, you're trying to stay sober on your own, you're like I'm going to do this my way instead of listening to the people around you or having, you know, family and things like that to help you accountability partners. Well, for me, I was very much like that. But I finally got into this place where I was like, none of this is working. I publicly embarrassed myself by announcing, like, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit's doing. He arranged this marriage. And so I did all of this publicly. So the shame of now here it is, I'm getting divorced, and I've made a spectacle, and I thought that I made a mockery of God all of these things that had gone on, uh, or all of those things, all of these thoughts that were just really, <laughs> it was embarrassing because I, think I made a mockery of God by saying the Holy Spirit arranged this marriage. And that led me to having to get really real with myself, because who am I listening to? Am I listening to the Holy Spirit? Is this my own mind? I didn't know. How many of you have ever felt that way where you you don't know if it's God talking to you or your own brain. And it's really hard sometimes to figure that out because I can come up with a lot of brilliant ideas sometimes that have nothing to do with God and they end up, end up going down the wrong road. It was in that moment that I was decided that I was going to start really kind of listening and checking in. And the one thing I needed to understand was this, that I had a lot of, wounds that needed to be healed before I started entering into other relationships and dragging other people through it. It was through that, though, that I had a meth relapse. And because I got caught, you know, again, trying to do it my own way, had this happen, and again, it was embarrassing, because especially because of my behavior. And I had to get really, really honest. I actually went on the air the next day and talked about what I had done, because that's what Gratitude Unfiltered was, was putting a spotlight on my shadow world. So that's meant even when I messed up, I'm going to talk about it and confess. It's amazing how when we let go of these concerns, because it's e how when we sin, when we have a colossal mess up, isn't it really, really easy to hide or want to hide that sin? Like how many of you still struggle with wanting to hide that sin? Honest. Okay. I get it. Because some of the sin that we have is, is embarrassing, especially when we go back to our old behavior. Thank God I confessed that day, because God used it. And God will use it for you when you confess something that you've done. He will use it if you let him use it. Well, that opened the door for me getting invited to a course. And one of the things that I heard that really impacted my life and it changed everything was, uh, sorry, not focus on the things you do have. That one was good too. This one was, if you do not heal all of the wounds of your past, God, you will never receive all that God has available for you. How many wounds are you still hanging on to? 
How many of you, let me ask you some, please raise your hands. How many of you believe that God truly has a plan for your life? How many of you believe that it's a unique, specific purpose for your life? Raise your hand. No? Okay, thank you. Sorry, you know I'm going to call you out. Okay. So, but if I told you that you'll never fulfill that purpose if you do not do the work to heal, how would you feel? Overwhelmed? How would you feel? If I told you, if you've now, if you've agreed with me that God has a unique purpose for your life, but if I told you that you would never fulfill that purpose, why you were created in the first place, you will never fulfill that if you don't do the work to heal. If you heal all, in other words, to heal all of the wounds of your past. If you've been abused, resentment, anger, addiction, betrayal, a beef you have with a pastor, a church, somebody in your brotherhood or sisterhood, how would you feel? But then you hear a question like this and then it makes you begin to question, have you really been healed? Or are you still healing? It's a good question to ask God to reveal the areas of my life. And I had to do the same thing. So happy you said that. Thank you for saying that. Because I didn't want everybody agreeing with me. Or, you know, like, yeah, this, I don't want that. Thank you. Because that was the exact thing I had to ask myself. I was like, God, I've healed. I've done all this work. But at the same time, I mean, I had done a lot, a year in isolation, just praying, getting closer to God. No, no sex, no alcohol, nothing, just like me and God in isolation and doing the work and having to face myself and like learning that I had to learn to start liking myself. Like I was not going to, I mean, I wanted love. I wanted a family. I wanted to have peace and I wanted all of these things that I knew God had for me and they were my heart's desires but when I realized that if I don't heal these things if I don't reverse these triggers because the wind could trigger me and next thing I know I'm like craving meth and sex right the wind like it, it didn't take much I have no business running a family a business or even myself if the wind can trigger me that was alarming. It was alarming. And like, I'm grateful for that Holy Spirit, I thought, arranged marriage because it may forced me to see these areas of my life that needed a lot of work and how emotionally immature I was. This is a year ago. A year. Good. 
the Holy Spirit just revealed to me some things that I was wondering about just that fast. Because the other day we were out um, uh, donating some bread. That, uh, we went on a run to get, get some bread to the God's children. And we had approached this lady, and she was like in this little corner shack home thing. But um, I saw paraphernalia and stuff. She had a pipe and things. And I, and I and actually I realized it now that I'm talking about it. I thought about it. Um, if I'd been in rehab before in other places, or I'd been in rehabs in other places like this, but not as structured and not not as so much spirit in it. But when I've seen things like that or even thought of things like that, it gave me that whole bubbly feeling inside. And I didn't have that the other day. So I just believe the Holy Spirit just revealed to me that he is working out things in my life. And I, and I don't have to worry about those things. So, yeah. Amen. And listen, uh, before I, I, I don't want to sit up here and claim that I'm 100% healed. I mean, it's a journey. Like, I'm not saying it's not. But God will give you an opportunity to heal all of those wounds of your past. But it's just like with walking, like the journey with the Lord. Like after we give our lives to Christ, is everything all smooth and awesome? No. <laughs> like Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's worse. Because all of a sudden those old coping mechanisms that you wanted to go back to, those old comforts, the ones that, you know, have your grave, <laughs> like you, your grave is buried in it too. Yeah, like we, you don't go back to that but you don't want to either. And once you start to conquer your mind a little bit more, you start to overcome those things. And that's what I had to do was to like retrain those triggers and get more and more comfortable about being, going to, being able to go to certain areas without wanting to go, man, I need to, like, I need to party it up now or whatever it was for me. So glad you brought this up. But when I started that work, um, I had the relapse right after that. And that's what exposed the fact that I got an, that, and after exposing that fact, and I did, well, thank God I didn't like take it into two, three, four, five days because this probably wouldn't have happened. I stopped after a day. I had enough sense, enough of the Holy Spirit to go, yeah, you should stop right now. I'm like, okay. So I stopped. That allowed me to find out about this course. It was a business course. Pedro, do you guys know who Pedro is? Okay, you, when you, you may learn about him after the fact, but he is a, an entrepreneur, kingdom entrepreneur guy. But one of the, thing, the only thing I got out of the entire course was him saying, if you do not take the time to heal all of the wounds of your past, you will never receive all that God has available for you. And I was so far into doing the work, and I believed enough that God had a purpose for my life. I was like, ugh, I'll do it whatever. And this whole time I've been saying, I'll go to Beirut. I'll go to Iran. I'll go anywhere but Oklahoma. This is the last place I wanted to go. Because this is the place that when I moved to California, I fled. I took off, left, left everything. My parents are here. They know. And they know exactly the man I was. I wasn't even a man. I was a little boy, a scared little boy with a drug problem and everything else. And I fled. I was not a nice person, not easy to be around. I was a shame and embarrassment to my family. I'm sure some of you can relate to that. So coming back, it was people hated me. I, 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 I heard a lot of people here did not want to come back. But I knew that if I was going to re do, I wanted everything. 
God, do you believe in God's promises? Okay. God's promises are so real. And I believed it enough that I was willing to go, you know what? This other stuff's not working for me. I want what he has for me. I want all of it. I want him to use all of me. But I kept getting in my own way because I had not healed. I drove back. I was going to wait until, I think, I forgot what the, the time I was going to leave. It was like two weeks after I was talking to my mom. And I was like, you know what? Never mind. I'm just driving. And I drove straight through because I knew if I stopped, I was going to turn around and go back to California. I resented being in Oklahoma. I was scared being in Oklahoma. And then I found this church. And it's been a year, almost, since I've been here. But I want to tell you this, guys and, and ladies. You're here for a year. I went through this program with you, but did it in a different way than you guys did. I mean, I had more freedoms than you all have. So, I mean, in a, in a way, it's a little bit selfish and a little bit spoiled of me. But I am fortunate that I got to work this program and be here, be a part of this ministry, blessed to be a part of this ministry. But I want to encourage you today, please finish the program. Because a year may feel like a long time. I was living with my parents, and I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to stay there um, and, and, and kind of like get myself back. Well, I can't say get myself back because I don't think I've ever been healthy <laughs> until now. I don't, I don't, my life, because of their generosity and what they've blessed me with, I had the opportunity to rehabilitate myself. And, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but this year is, is a, a lot has happened. And even as the world has started to fade, you know, it's kind of gone nuts. <laughs> and 2020 was supposed to be the year of double favor and double portions and double this and double that. And it's been double chaos. But I will tell you that that's what, if we focus on that, we're going to lose sight of what God has created us to be and to do. A lot of you are sitting there, and I remember over the course of this year telling you that God has a purpose for your life, and a lot of the guys are gone, and a lot of the women are gone that I've had this to, and I would look at them, and they looked at me like I was lying to them, that God didn't have a purpose for them. Like, look at me. I'm here. At my brother's keeper. I got nothing. But I want to tell you guys something. If you have that doubt, and you faked it about God has a purpose for my life, you, weren't, you were faking when you raised your hand. I want to tell you something. There's men that I've seen graduate this program and have that have reached out to me since they've graduated. They are starting, the, the, like they don't have an education. They don't have the ability to go out and get a, a six-figure job. But they know that God has something for them. And here's the best part. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your education is. I don't care how many times you've been in prison. In fact, I will celebrate you more for the more times you've been in prison and the more bad things you've done. I will celebrate that all day long because you're here now. And if you stay here, 
and you finish and you graduate and you get your T-bone steak, I promise you that everything you learn here will prepare you for what God has called you to do. You are not here on accident. You, my friend, your testimony, your 15-minute testimony, and there were several of you that came up and gave your testimonies when we did the testimony series. You, and David, I mean, I, I can go on and on, but what you've done, what you're doing, your step of faith in starting to write a book, and you said that you're not a good writer, it's hard for people to read your writing, and you're handwriting it. Do you know how special that is to God? Do you know what that step of faith means to him? Do you know that you saying, yes, God, use me? You're ignoring the fact that you don't write well. You should see me write. It's not pretty either. But you're using, like God put something inside you, and you're using it, not letting your past, and I know your story, you're not letting that stop you. When you finish this program, the world awaits you. I don't care what you've done, any of you. Like, I don't know any of your backgrounds. I mean, I know your story. I know some of your stories, but I don't know your backgrounds, like what you grew up with, what your family was like. I don't know that. But I know it doesn't matter. Because no matter how awful it was, God gets to use all of it. And as far as if you have, how many of you have anxieties about money, what you're going to do when you get out of here? Like, how many, please raise your hand. That's a lot of concern. You know what? The people that are on the outside have that worry right now too. It's not much different. The world may get shut down again. But here's the opportunity that you guys have. You can start writing. Some of you have come to me to give me TV show ideas that are excellent and have already started the process and I'm not going to say names. There is zero excuse for you guys to not to step into your destiny and what God created you to do. It is not an accident that you're here. How many of you have ever dreamed about having your own ministry? One, two, three. Four, five. How many of you have dreamed about having a talk show? I know you have. Which, by the way, can be a ministry now. What do you, what do, you do? You're a mechanic? What kind of, what do you do? Uh, mechanic, a gas mechanic, diesel mechanic, remodeling houses, uh, carpenter, kitchen, cooking. And, you're, and it, did you raise your hand that you were worried about what you're going to do when you get out of here? Okay. I was just curious. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so the way that I like to compare my year, this last year for me, is that I was in an incubator. And I think you've heard me say that a few times probably. This was like an incubator for me, being like in a cocoon. And I was shielded from the world and protected and allowed to heal and do the work and spend all that time with God. How many of you feel like all the time that you guys get to spend time with God is excessive? 
seriously, because you guys are like doing it, right? It's all day long. Like, I don't know if I could do it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to get anyone in trouble. Thank you for being honest, though. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of it. Am I going, I couldn't do that? I'd be so, I, I, I like, I, yeah, I can only, I, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, I'm being real. Like, that's, it would be tough. But I promise you, it's preparing you. But the other thing, too, I want to encourage you is please do not wait to start the process in preparing yourself when you leave. I mean, be present, but you can start preparing now. Because those of you that have the call for ministry, and look, ministry can look a lot of different ways now. You know, some of you are artists. Like, there are so many things that you're going to be able to do if you use this time and use it to... To, to, I know you don't have access to computers. I just learned that, and, and that can be tough. But you can start writing out your dream. You can start writing out the things that you believe God for. How many of you think you know what God has created you for? Raise your hand. Really? How many of you believe you know what God created you to do? Wow. What do you think that is? Why? Why do you think you not don't? That could be something big for me, but I have no idea what it could be. What did you dream about when you were a kid? Like, what did you dream about? Be, what did you pretend to be when you were a kid? I didn't really dream very big as a kid. You didn't dream about being anything? Really? That's interesting. What are, what are you here for, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, cocaine. I was a cocaine addict for four years, three or four years. What drove you to the cocaine use? My friends. Yeah. So insecurity, like wanting to fit in? I can relate to that. What do you love to do? Like, what's your natural gifting? Do you know? Like, what are you just good at? For no reason, you're just good at it. It can be silly. It's okay. Yeah, I like, I like to cut trees and climb trees. Interesting. Well, good thing there's not a shortage of trees. I, um... It's interesting, and I, I'm, I'm, I thank you for being honest because I don't know what I would do without knowing that God created me for something. But it took a long time. Like, I ran from what I knew for a long time. But here's the thing that I want to stress. The reason why I was saying that it was so much better, like, if you, like, the more times you've been to prison, the better. <laughs> the more crap that you've gone through, the better. The reason I said that is because God can use all of that. Like a lot of you are being equipped for ministry right now. I don't know if there's a tree climbing ministry, but if I can think of a way to help you do it, I will. I mean, but like 
all of that stuff God gets to use. And the reason I'm talking about writing is one, it, I know it says in the Bible to, you know, to write out your vision and all that, but your stories and your testimonies have a way, like yours, like when you spoke, the impact it's still having, like people are still watching it. But every one of you have something like that. And the, one of the surefire ways for you to find your, your, your purpose in life and what God created you for is through service. And right now you guys are doing a lot of service. But if you can couple that with sharing your testimony and getting that out and using that and through service and through your testimony, God will reveal more and more and more to you. And it may be that there's more healing that needs to take place. But another thing that's so important to know that everything you have hidden inside and you're, you're withholding, God can't heal that. God will not heal anything that's not brought to the light. It's, it's not that he can, I mean, he can if he wants, but from my experience and everything I understand, everything I have hidden is basically where the devil just gets fed and the longer you have it stuffed inside and hidden, the more the devil is going to feed off of it and use it to make your life hell. So what's the point of all that? It's to encourage you to please finish this race, but also take advantage of the time that you do have to start designing your life in line with what God created you to do. And you can do that here. Like, I see so many powerful things. Like, I look at your faces, and I just know in my heart that God wants to use you guys. Like, I know you've had big dreams. And maybe you think it's a joke. Maybe you think that it's, like, just a fantasy for you. God does not give you dreams and visions to mock you. Miles. He gave them to you to show you what he has waiting for you. It's waiting for you. It's waiting for you and 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 everyone here and everyone watching. I know this because of this ministry teaching me the importance of obedience, accountability, mentorship. We are so fortunate to have a pastor like Pastor Castillo here. The man knows what you've been through because he lived it. Everything he's teaching you will help you get to where those dreams and visions that God shows you, he'll help you get there. I've seen a way when there felt like no way happen. I'm not special. I'm no different than any of you. Just because I get the microphone, I'm no different. 
all the same insecurities and problems and the, the, the drugs and the sex and the abuse and all that stuff. I'm the same person. I mean, you guys, I was living with my parents. I don't own a car. I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. How, I mean, it's not much different than you guys, right? But here's what I've seen. The obedience and following and listening and applying what I've learned here has opened up the world for me when the world's shutting down. The world shut down and the world opened up. That's God. It's not me. It's trust, it's full surrender, and it's being willing to face the ugly in the mirror that I didn't want to face. And you all know those lies that we like to tell ourselves. Please finish. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I found this in my cleaning out my room at my parents' house, and I found this today. This notes from May 5th, 2019. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. God's promises are, are real. And when we are in, li in line with God and our eyes are fixated on Jesus... We can't see the craziness that's here and there. And if we're fixated on him, we know that regardless of what's happening in our life and in the world, that we will overcome. God's plan for your life didn't change. Hey, pastor, I didn't see you. God's plan for your life didn't change because of a virus or because of job losses. Did you ever think for a second that ladies, gentlemen, that you weren't really supposed to have jobs? I mean, maybe you, mechanic. I mean, that's a skill, right? I mean, and I'm not saying, but what, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to suggest is if those of you have the fear of like, what am I gonna do? I don't wanna go work at X, Y, and Z, wait tables or or cut hair, or be a mechanic. Like Maybe that's not what you want to do, or you have concern about that, or the kind of job that you would have to settle for. It doesn't please your heart. Did you think that maybe being here 
is God's preparing you for something way bigger. It's really, really hard to not look at the world and you, we've been groomed. You go to school, you get an education, you go to college, you get a job, you have student debt that you pay off for the rest of your life. Like that's what you've been groomed for. What if those rules were never meant for you? What if God and all the things that you've survived, you survived what you did, what happened to you, what you did, what you did to others, you survived all of that, you survived prison, you, you, you survived all of that, and you're now here in a safe cocoon. You're safe here, right? No one feels like they're in danger? Okay. So you're here in a cocoon being prepared and being fed and being equipped, <laughs> being equipped because God was setting you up for your role in the new New Testament. I mean, do you not feel like your life's a biblical character? Sometimes I feel like mine is. I mean, seriously, but what if that's you too? Like, what's wrong? Why wouldn't it be? And if the world's going crazy, maybe your time here and equipping your mind, renewing your mind, changing your heart, giving you the love of Jesus, is allowing you to go back and heal all of these parts of your life, all of these relationships. Like, what I've seen happen in the year that I've been here is I'm getting the opportunity now, now that I took the time to heal, God has put me back into situations. I have a, I have a new business. I, 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 the last time I had a business, I was doing cocaine all the time and being irresponsible and blowing money and just being reckless. I got another opportunity. I'm getting an opportunity to be a good steward of what I've been blessed with. Little by little, God is going to give you more something back. But when you get it back, what happens when, okay, what was the last time, like, you, okay, you're like, you, you messed up, and then you, like, oh, crap, I'm never going to do that again, and then there's a consequence for what you did, but then you're just like, okay, that consequence, the, the scare, the, 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 the impact of your mistake, right, when there's a consequence, like, that wore off, and then you're moving on, like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself now. And then you get an opportunity. It's a test. And then you go back and you do cocaine. Or you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Because when you, get, you start to feel yourself again, it's like, well, I can do that. I'm fine. It's a test. But then what happens when you don't give in and do the old thing? You show that, no, I'm going to be a respecter of my body. I'm going to be a respecter of what I've been blessed with. When you do that, you, you test it with a little bit, then you get a little bit more. And you honor that, and you're a good steward of that. It could be money. It could be a brotherhood. It could be your role here at My Brother's Keeper. How are you showing up when you fundraise? Do you have a bad attitude? What if that was a test? What if that was God preparing you for a leadership position for when you leave? What if that person that you're in front of is somebody that's going to hire you 
and let you run their company. You don't know. But God, little by little, as I healed, allowed and reintroduced me to different situations. How are you going to show up? Are you going to be a good steward with this financial blessing? How are you going to be in a relationship? Are you going to go back to your abusive, narcissistic ways? Or are you going to honor and cherish? Oh, it's 4th of July. I was like, what is going on? Where are we at right now? <laughs> Downtown Minneapolis all of a sudden. Um, but then, so I've, okay, so I lost, like, I have twins that I gave up for adoption, like, around, they're two years old. What are they, 15 now? 14? It's been 12 years. Now, it was the best thing in the world for them that they were taken out of my life because I had no business being their father. I have another daughter that's 20, and um, the relationship is better, but you don't really see her. You know, it's not a real, not the relationship I want, but God allowed her to come back into my life little by little. Now I'm fortunate to have two other little ones that are not my blood, but I'm getting an opportunity to redo fatherhood. It's my heart's desire. It was my heart's desire for over a year that I wanted a family. I wanted love. I wanted a, a business. I wanted all that God had for me. So what I'm trying to say is if you take the time to heal and do the work and surrender everything you will surrender to God, everything that you will lay at his feet, I surrender. I trust you with this. Willing to take those hard looks in the mirror at yourself and go, I, I, I'm a liar. I'm not accountable for anything. I'm not responsible. I don't do what I say I'm going to do. Okay. Holy Spirit, convict me of this. Teach me. Show me what to do. Show me how to heal. Work with me. Little by little, you get the opportunity to start healing those things. And every trigger that doesn't flip your switch in a bad way, that you get to reverse, like reverse the trigger or let the trigger happen and then you phase it out, you start to heal. And if you take the time to do it, and if you take the time to be obedient, and you know the obedience, when the Holy Spirit's calling you to do something, telling you, no, that's not for you. No, that person's not for you. And you obey that. It's more healing, more healing, more healing. And the more you heal, little by little, God will start to restore the areas of loss in your life. How many of you have experienced loss in your life? How many of you experienced loss in your life that you would like it replaced? I promise you, I promise you that God will restore those things if you show that you will be a good steward of what you've been blessed with. And sometimes it's really, really hard 
to feel like you've been blessed when so much has been taken away. But as I heard T.D. Jake say two and a half years ago, focus on the things you do have and not what you don't. Pastor says, don't curse what you've been blessed with. You guys, some of you are in nicer homes than you've ever been in in your life. And yet you're living with multiple people. It can't be the most glamorous of situations. I've smelled some of your farts. I'm telling you, I don't know if I could do it. I'm just kidding. I haven't really. Well, actually, never mind. Uh, <laughs> but if we can focus on those things and what we've been blessed with, all of a sudden, the noise from the world goes away. You guys are all being equipped and prepared to be the warriors. You're warriors. You can be warriors for good or evil. But either way, the one thing about it is you've survived a lot of crap. That makes you a warrior. But who do you want to fight for? How is your how is your heart for people that have gone through what you've gone through? Because you see, that alone, you just taking, you don't know your purpose. You don't know what God's designed you for. But your experiences and the things that drove you to cocaine abuse, and God knows what you did while you're high on cocaine. I know what I did, and I'm not sharing it on this microphone right now. But I know there were a lot of pain a lot of darkness. But there's somebody out there that's waiting to hear your testimony and what Jesus did for you and how you were delivered from that addiction. If that was your only purpose in this world, guess what? That means you have the opportunity to impact millions. I would say that's a pretty freaking awesome purpose. This ministry... Word of God Church is not an Oklahoma City ministry. There's people watching right now in Australia, in Tokyo, in Mexico. Where's some Chan at? Singapore. People all over the world watching. The things that are happening with the sermons on Wednesday night and Sunday morning and daily bread, It's the world is seeing it. This ministry is going to grow. My brother's keeper and my sister's keeper is going to grow. As it grows, I would consider this to be an incubator. This is a cocoon for all of us, for us to be equipped and be prepared to be sent out or to develop here. There's been a lot that's happened in the year I've been here. I'm not saying this is me, it's been God. But there's going to be opportunities that come out of this ministry that will be available for you all. It's already happening. You may not see it, but it's really happening. And it's really an expression of how amazing God is. Sometimes when all of the, like God is doing things that you can't necessarily see or touch, but it's happening. I can see it on my end, 
and I've been in Minneapolis for three months watching. There's more and more people coming to this church. There's some of you that have reached out to me that have graduated that are now stepping into the purpose. The opportunities will be there. You don't have to worry about that. You just get to surrender and trust. But honor your time here. It's preparing you. I promise you. How many of you think I'm lying? Or think I'm just blowing smoke? It's okay if you believe me. If you don't, you don't have to. But I want to promise you that if you stay here and do the work and you honor this commitment, God put you here for a reason. Finish. One other thing on here. I wrote this question down. When bad things happen, how are you responding? God is, <laughs> some of the things I wrote here were interesting. But when bad things happen, when bad things are happening to you, how many of you feel like bad things are happening to you right now? I mean, not like as I'm talking, I hope it not as I'm talking to you, but like how many of you like are in a place where you feel like you're being attacked? Okay, thank you. All right, all right. What is that? Do you want to, would you share like the kind of attacks that you're feeling? Would you share that? Well, well, I've been feeling like I've been attacked by my family. Um, I mean, when I first got here, um, it was a little tough for me because all the things that I said and done to people that I truly love that I believe that the Lord put in my life and I tried on my own strength and my own will um, with just a little bit of Jesus here and there to make it through and um, I kept relapsing on methamphetamine and drinking and all that stuff and the things that I'd said the people that the Lord put in my life um, my wife my around my kids my mom my uncle um, when I first got here that just really bothered me and affected me in a way and then coming here and 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 asking the Lord to forgive me of my sins by repenting and, and asking him to come in my life again. And knowing as on my way here, um, my wife had brought me here that, that I, was, I had this feeling that I'm just going to be done. I mean, it was an overwhelming feeling, but um, with, with tobacco, drugs, and, and that lifestyle was going to be done. And I'm ready to turn, turn my will over to the Lord's will to be done in my life. Um, it just uh, the enemy really attacked me and and put all types of images and thoughts in my in my mind and like I said I got here and I repented and I started living for the Lord and I seen the big change and my family came um, forgiving like you know and then I try to step out of the will of God again with my own strength because I had this overwhelming feeling that I have this I can do this I know what to do I've been knowing what to do the Lord has um, put into my heart you know his will that I need to do and that's just what I need to go do um, well I tried that and and I could tell how it threw things off whack you know and and it's still kind of not leveled out back with the Lord's will but he is working on it and I can feel it but the enemy is still attacking me daily with just thoughts and images and things that I said and people that I hurt you know what are they doing how are they taking it now that I'm not there you know because people act a little different or or um 
say things a little different when people's presence aren't there sometimes. And then when you just up and leave to try to do what, you know, from that situation, uh, and then they, not knowing really what is on their hearts and their minds, you know, is this is how you were acting before. But then they, they come and they see you and they see that there's a change in you. They say they see this change in you, you know. The enemy's just really attacked me with that. What are you doing when you get attacked? Um, how do you respond to the attacks? I've learned recently, um, cast it down. As soon as it comes in, the images, the thoughts, just grab them in the name of Jesus and, and cast them down. Um, I've been in the Bible. Out loud, right? Yes, yes. Yes, in the name of Jesus, I bind this and I cast this out of my mind. This, I, you know, uh, call upon the Lord right then. At first, I, um, I kind of probably... Uh, played with it a little bit and just let it go over and over and I realized that that was making it worse so you know I and then uh, sometimes if I'm close to a restroom or something honestly Lord forgive me I run in there and I pray you know I don't really want to sell that but because I want to kind of do that secretly but that's what I do I run to the bathroom and pray and I cast it down and I crack the book open or I've been learning lots of new scriptures too and, and I just say them repeatedly over and over and over that's a great way actually to because you have neural pathways like your heart's changed but your mind's still messed up and those triggers when you get those triggers and you get those images his his what he's doing is actually amazing it really works i've had it happen at the gym and i'm like out loud saying stuff in the mirror and then somebody walks by and i'm like oh that's embarrassing but you know what you got to do what you got to do because if you can be, think about, think about the dumb stuff you did when you were high on drugs. Actually, please don't. Don't think about that. But you did, you made some pretty bold, embarrassing risk. Like you put yourself in some compromising situation. It cannot be any more embarrassing than you professing the love of Jesus out loud because you got the devil trying to screw with your mind. And I'll promise you, by doing that, the devil knows you're not messing around. But like he said, brilliant, don't let it dance around. Don't play with it because it will bite you. Like get a hold of that. Get on top of it. And the sooner you do it, you make it a habit, all eventually yeah, that noise gets quieter and you will overcome. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, um, I really, I've kind of been paying attention to the cameras because I, I really, really just wanted to talk to you guys. Like, I appreciate online audience, like, do. But I'm really talking to you guys tonight. Because like, you guys have meant so much to me. Your presence here seeing you guys come up during services and worshiping. And I missed the Monday night prayer. Like, I, I really enjoyed that as well. But, you know, to see that, like, and to be a part of that, it's contributed to the blessings that are unfolding in my life. And again, I don't want to make this about me, but I want to tell you, that your participation and you playing all out and committing full out to this program and the leaders that are here and just let people lead you 
even when you want to kick them in the throat sometimes, and I know you do, let them, let them lead you. And when it's your chance to lead, you lead. And you do it in excellence. You don't know what God has waiting for you on the other side of this. But you guys like, have contributed so much to the blessings in my life. Like it, it, it means so much to me. And, you know, I'm honored to have the opportunity that the pastor's given me to, you know, to broadcast here, to be a part of this ministry. But you guys matter to me a lot. Ladies, you too. I mean, pastor, you guys matter, obviously. I mean, but like I said before, and I've shared this before, like I feel like I've been in this program with you, and I still feel like I am. But please, please finish. Because I want to see, like there's some of you I know that I'm going to be working with you. There's some of you that I know that we're going to be doing stuff together. Some of you have already started the process. And again, I'm not going to say their names, but you've started that process. I don't, like I set up here before I left and I started telling you guys like, talking about media and like opportunities with shows and all this stuff. Like when I left um, and when this crisis started, I started a nonprofit and we got our 501c3 and it's a nonprofit media company. I, when God gave me the vision for a media company, I didn't know anything about media. I didn't know anything about entertainment, never held a microphone, didn't know any of that. And that was six years ago but it was May, May 18th that we officially formed Live Mono Worldwide and did that as a step of an obedience, not knowing anything about nonprofits, nothing, but God put it on my heart. We ended up getting our 501c3, but two weeks into the nonprofit, God blessed us with giving, being given our own network to broadcast on. And we're developing new shows, and since then, we've had the opportunity to start writing a movie. I don't know how, don't know where this woman came from. I don't know. I don't know how in the world we got handed the keys to our own network. We No money. My point is this. One of the biggest things that holds us back is our fear of, like, where's the money going to come from? But if you stay faithful, if you stay obedient, if you keep working and work this program, God will do amazing things for you guys. Please trust that. Please just fully trust him. You don't need to trust me, but you can trust him because he's the one that created you. And he did not create you to be junkies. He didn't create you to be addicts, to be abusers, to be abused, to be homeless just be struggling for finances. You were all created to be warriors. And the minute you decide to go all in for the kingdom and all in for him, forget these things of the world and be all in for him and fully surrendered, he will use you in ways that will blow your mind. 
How many of you have dreamed of traveling the world? Yeah. I promise you that if that's if he's given you those visions and dreams, God's going to make a way when there seems no way. Like he, He's going to do it. So please, finish. Um, Pastor, I, um, again, I, I really didn't, wasn't paying attention to the cameras, but because this, for me, I just wanted to talk. But I, um, the, ver- the, the reason I came, the reason I came here was to get ministry training through another organization that made a lot of promises to me of what I was going to be able to do. And uh, like a lot of people before, but I thought, well, this is, this is a ministry, so they're going to definitely honor their word. They didn't. And some crazy hot, hot tub incident landed me here. Still the funniest story ever. Um, but getting to go to lunch with you guys and, and for you to, to not only just listen to what I had to say and what I wanted to share, but giving me the opportunity to serve me, me, meant the world to me because all I ever wanted to do was serve. Like, I, I, I just, that's all really I've ever cared about. I just had this conversation with my mom. Like, I don't ask for money. Like, I don't, I don't care about selling stuff. I just want to serve. I just want to help. Like, it, I don't know if it's born out of an insecurity or what. I have no idea. But that's all I want to do. And you gave me the opportunity to serve. And because you gave me the opportunity to serve, my dreams are coming true. And, like, I, I can't even begin to explain how much that means to me and how much it it gave me life it, it it made my purpose even more clear but motivated me for more it motivated me to stay obedient but thank you for believing in me enough to give me the opportunity because i know it hasn't always been pretty up here i mean seen some crazy stuff yelled at brad and like had breakdowns here I mean but you gave me an opportunity and I just thank you and I'm very very grateful to be a part of this ministry no matter where I'm at I'm a part of this is my church home thank you Um, and you know mom dad Thank you. There's no way. I mean, I I wouldn't be alive, I know that, but you've, your love and you're not giving up on me has meant, it's obviously everything to me and it's gotten me here, it's allowed me to come back here, I had a safe place to rehabilitate and thank you both and thank you for being an example of what a husband and wife are supposed to be 
because it's really that while I was staying at your house um, that was also training for me to get to see how a man treats a woman and what a relationship is like and that's had a huge impact on me so thank you for that and I love you all right, so here's the thing. I didn't have anything prepared. I didn't preach. I didn't do any of that. But I hope you understand that I truly, truly believe in you guys, and I really, really hope that when you graduate, you're calling me going, all right, let's do this. Because if I, part of creating a, this nonprofit was to be able to work with people like yourself, people like me and to help create opportunities and build opportunities and I don't know what the God has planned but it really really excites me when you guys graduate and those of you that are graduated that are watching when you reach out and go hey I have this idea and we start working on it like I believe in you guys and it's not just hot air so please finish Please, and play all out. Uh, Brad, will you put the, okay, he's already done it, thank you. An online audience, uh, I'm sorry for neglecting you tonight. I, I this really, you know, I've, you've, you've watched Gratitude Unfiltered before, you, you know, you've heard me talk about my brother's keeper and this ministry and what it means to me. It means that much to me that I ignored you guys tonight, but My brother's keeper, there's a lot of you out there that are hurting and you're struggling and you're hopeless. You're without, you, don't, you don't know where you're going to turn. And, you know, maybe my brother's keeper is a place for you. Uh, maybe there's another organization where you're at. But I promise you that God, anything that you will give to God, he will use. And there's men and women here in this, in this building right now that have dealt, they've, they've, some of them have witnessed murders, they've murdered people, they, I'm, I think, I don't know, I don't want to like put anything on you guys that you didn't do, but there's some, it, there's been some stuff that's happened that's not pretty, and there's a lot of, the, a lot of people here that believe that they were too far gone for God to change their life, but if you can see the faces that I'm seeing and see the light in their eyes, you can see the scars, you can see the pain on their physical body that, that, that life just took a toll on, but you can see the light in their eyes. And that light in their eyes only comes from one person, and that's Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and the sins were all of them, not five or six, or, you know, they weren't sectioned off into categories. It was all of them. And anything that you will give him, he will use. All of those things that you're hiding, those secret hurts, the shame that you're carrying, Jesus will use that. Jesus will heal that. It's a journey and it's a ride. But here's the best news. Even though everything in an instant is not going to be healed and taken care of, your heart will change. 
your heart will change enough to give you the, the motivation or, or whatever to be able to go, you know what? I'm going to do this again every day. I'm going to commit to this relationship with you, Jesus. And it's a relationship worth committing to. The reason why is the more committed you are to that relationship, the more of yourself you get to heal. The more like Jesus you get to become. And Jesus, from what I've learned, is a pretty cool guy, and he's probably the only person worth following. Like, you can pretty much erase all of your Instagram followers now and just follow Jesus, because that's the person that's going to lead you to your destiny. That's the person that's going to heal the pain of your past. That's the person that's going to erase the shame that you have for your past actions. It's Jesus. It's not your influencers. What are they doing for you, really? Except making you feel worse about yourself. And motivation's fleeting. Jesus is transforming. Jesus died for you to be able to start new. And it's work, and it's worth it. And along the journey, as you get closer, the more joy you start to have. And the other cool part is, when you have life's challenges, like the challenge that we're all living in now, no matter where you're watching in the world, if you keep your eyes focused on Jesus and your relationship and your communication signal with him, just you and Jesus, you start to understand that his promises are a much, much different than the promises you get from those infomercials and commercials that are on TV. These promises are real. These promises transcend what the rest of the world is doing. Jesus wants you. And it's really, really simple. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Renew my mind. Renew my heart. I surrender. My life is no longer my own. Father God, use all of me for your purpose. Save me. Save me. No longer the man, no longer the scared little boy, little girl. Make me new. Make me bold. Use all of me for your purposes. It's simple. It's just an act of faith. If you are sick and tired of the life that you've been living, you're sick and tired of the double life that you've been living, you're tired of hurting your mom, you're tired of hurting your dad, you're tired of hurting your kids from broken promises and lies or not showing up when you say that you're going to, putting other things above your family. You're tired of that. You're tired of being sick and tired. You're tired of worrying. Just surrender now. Jesus wants to use you. It's just a step in faith. It's just an act of faith. But God will do a great work through you if you let him. Just surrender today. And those of you that are watching online, um, Brad, if you don't mind putting up the GoFundMe, this ministry means something to a lot of people. 
and this is good soil. Your, your seed, what you, can, what you give, what your heart tells you to give, will be multiplied. This is good soil. This ministry is changing lives, not just here in Oklahoma City, but all over the world. And your contribution, your sowing, is not just blessing the men and women that are a part of this program, but it's helping this ministry get its message out to the world. And it's a message that's really, really simple. It's obedience. And what God will do with obedience is truly, truly life-altering. It's world-changing. It will enable you to be what you were created to be. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, this ministry. Thank you for all the men and women from around the world that are watching right now, but just especially, Lord, the, the men and women that are here in this building right now, Lord, I just, I thank you for them. I thank you for the fact that you kept them alive for a time like this because these are warriors and these are the men and women that are going to go out and change the world with the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for having them, thank you for letting them be here. Lord, I pray that this message tonight spoke to somebody in a way that they have not been spoken to before and they realize they now understand truly and they know in their heart that you have such a great plan for their life. It's not a promise of being a billionaire and if they do, wonderful. But a promise of purpose is where joy is. The promise of purpose and living for you is where we find the ultimate freedom, where we find our ultimate independence, an independence that, not can, that cannot be taken because it's independence, it's, it's kingdom independence. It's a freedom that we find only in you, Jesus. And we thank you for that because freedom in you transcends all borders. It doesn't have a country flag it's the kingdom independence. And no matter what happens in the world, we have your promises. And you created us to be free in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I just ask that tonight you bless this audience with visions, crystal clear visions of what you have for them. If they've had any doubt that you have a great purpose for their life, that you come to them in their dreams as they're walking home tonight, as they're out at dinner with their spouse, wherever, you speak to them and you show them that you are worth surrendering their life for and that you have a great plan for them, Lord. Just give them the vision so that they know that you are with them. And anyone who has doubt, anyone who is hanging on tightly to their own wretched life, that you give them the courage to release it, Lord, that they just surrender it to you. Take this pain. Take this resentment, this anger, this rage. Take this self-hatred. 
take it and use it, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, good night. Thank you so much.